In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for wanting to love us here. Thank you for shining your light into our hearts. Thank you for making us sons and daughters of the Father. We ask you, Lord, to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us here this morning to open our minds and to open our hearts to receive more of you, more of your truth, more of your goodness, more of your love and mercy. Mother Mary, we entrust this morning to your immaculate heart and crown you the queen of our time together here as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if we, as we've been doing the last few months, I'll preach for a little bit, and then we'll take a break. We'll pause, listen to another song, absorb a little bit what we're reflecting on, and then do that one more time. So today, I want to preach about our identity in Christ as daughters of the Father, that we are children of God. We've been made children of God. And so I'm going to just read a few different scripture passages today to help us appreciate that more. Because that's really so fundamental to everything in our lives. Who am I? Why am I here? Where do I come from? Where am I going? These are the big questions that relate to our identity. And so when we can, in a sense, get that right, everything else will flow from that. Everything that we do really flows from who we are. Everything that we do, everything that is asked of us, flows from who we are. And so we have to get that right. God wants us to know that deeply, profoundly. And so to help us, I thought we would look at John's Gospel, the very first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So just to clarify, when we read in John's Gospel, the word, it means more than just a word as we often think of, just a word. In Greek, the word was logos. John would have written that, logos, and so that meant so much more than just a simple word. It really meant the force, the driving force of the universe. The word that created and held in being everything. So, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own house, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. That's verse 12. That's the one we really want to focus on here this morning. But to all who received him and who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father, John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has made him known. So this is the reading from Christmas morning. The Christmas morning mass uses this gospel. The word became flesh. Isn't that what we're getting ready to celebrate? And as John makes mention here that the son makes known the father. The Son who comes from the bosom of the Father reveals to us the love of the Father. It's one of the reasons why Jesus became a man, was to show us the Father, to show us the Father's love, to make us sons and daughters of the Father. It's one of the reasons why he came. It wasn't just to die for our sins, but in a sense that was necessary in order to take away the sins of the world and to make us sons and daughters, children of God. So to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. So we believe that. We believe that. Lord, increase our faith, right? And as we sing, we have a good, good father But again, sometimes we don't really believe that in our heart of hearts. That's the struggle, right? That's the struggle that we all have to, uh, (laughs) that we're all involved in, is really believing this with our heart of hearts so that it's not just some intellectual truth that we assent to, but it's really a lived experience. That's what we're praying for here today. That's what we really want to pray for every time we go to the Lord to have a lived experience of his goodness, of his love. 
God, our Father, wants us to feel loved by him as human beings. It's, again, one of the reasons why he became a human being was so that he could transmit to us, so that he could communicate to us in a human way the love of the Father, the unconditional love of the Father. So again, as you've heard me say so often, uh, well, God says so much without saying anything at all. God can say so much to us without saying anything at all. And by becoming a baby, God was saying a lot. By becoming a man, by dying on the cross, by healing, by feeding, by resurrecting, God was saying so much to us. And one of the things he was definitely saying was, I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel wanted. I want you to feel chosen. I want you to feel special. We can go to Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 1 and following. I mean that the heir, H-E-I-R, the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave, though he is the owner of all the estate, but he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the father, not the heavenly father, but his father, the owner. So with us, when we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. So Paul's talking about the spirit of the law. He's speaking to, to Jews in a sense, fellow Jews. So he's basically saying, you know, we were under this law. We were under the, the restrictions of the law, so to speak. We were feeling like we had to do all of these things. We had to obey this law and all of these laws so that we could be right with God. But, as he says here in verse 4, Galatians 4.4, 4, it's a good one to memorize. Galatians 4.4, 4, that's easy to remember that part of it. But when the time had fully come, or in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So through God, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. So again, Paul here is emphasizing what God has done. God sent forth his son. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So again, this would lead us to believe, to trust more in God, that he wants to do these things for us. He already did them. God has already done these great things for us. And so God wants to assure us that he is for us. He's not against us. He has made us his children. And he's also 
So he's established our identity. And he's done that once and for all. I mean, by dying on the cross, he was making that covenant with us once and for all. So he's not going to go back on his word. He's not going to take anything back. He's already made this definitive decision once and for all to be our father, to make us his sons and daughters. He's going to be faithful to that forever. He's not going back on his word. He paid a great price. And he wanted to do that. He wanted to do that for you. So not only does he want to establish your identity, but then he also wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. He created us with these good desires for fulfillment. And as he says elsewhere in John's Gospel, chapter 10, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. I want you to have a life of fulfillment. So whatever good desires you have, which I gave you in the first place, I want those all to be fulfilled. But I think sometimes we struggle with that. We, we, we perhaps recognize that we're children of God, but then we think that there's some kind of a, uh, of a dissonance. There's some kind of a tension between being a child of God by, and then having the fulfillment of all of our desires. Somehow we think that those are irreconcilable. Somehow we believe that those don't mesh. That we can't have both. But isn't that the lie that the serpent wanted Adam and Eve to believe? And isn't that what he always wants us to believe? That original sin is played forward and played over and over again in our lives. Did God really say that? Like... Does God really want to do that for you? Does God really want to fulfill your desires? Does God really want you to be happy? Does God really want you to feel loved? Does God really want you to feel worthy and blessed? Is God really proud of you? You know, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. Because life happens, right? We know that. But that's where God wants us to believe and to trust more and more. To entrust him with the fulfillment of all of our desires as his children. Just as children look to their parents to fulfill their desires, you know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm tired, I'm scared, whatever it might be. You know, so God wants us to turn to him with confidence. 
that he wants to make us happy. He wants us to feel loved by him. He wants to give us meaning and purpose. Let's look at one last gospel before we pause here. From Luke 11. Luke 11, verses 1 and following. He was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So again, we're so used to saying our Father, but again, doesn't that remind us of who we are? When we pray our Father, we should be reminded that we are children of God. We've been made children of God. And then he goes on in verse 10, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we ask today for more of the Holy Spirit. We ask to become more aware of who we are. We ask God to fulfill our desires. Last month, we, we reflected a lot on the seven desires of every heart. God wants to fulfill all of those desires precisely because we are his children and he is a good father. And he wants us to feel loved by him.